This talk was recorded by Canvas Outreach Minneapolis, the College Ministry of Bethlehem Baptist Church, as a part of the 2021 Summer Training Project. For more information on Summer Training Project or Canvas Outreach Minneapolis, visit cominneapolis.org.
maybe not a normal childhood, but for him it was normal. Life just kind of went on. And all these strange things were kind of happening around him. It even seems like some of those strange things are happening because of him. And I have a slide with a, a picture. Um, he meets this really big guy named Tagrid. I just love this. You remember Harry? He's like, oh, what? Um, and he, he meets Hagrid, and Hagrid gives this explanation to all the strange things that have been happening and the magic that's around him. There's a magical world, and Harry has a place in it. This is kind of news to Harry. Now, Harry could have heard this and ignored it, and, and even with the Dursleys, I think anybody who practices magic is a freak. So it's like he could have ignored everything that Hagrid said, but he didn't. Harry's entire world changed once he embraced the identity of being a wizard. Then he could learn and understand the magical world. He followed Hagrid to the school, Hogwarts of the School of Witchcraft and Wizardry, um, and he learned magic, and he met a ton of people, and his whole future was entirely different once he embraced that identity of being a wizard. And for those who know the story, the magical world was also very different once Harry embraced that identity. So, just like Harry, who had to accept where he was at, um, admit the strangeness that happened around him, the magic, and made decisions moving forward, it's important for us to understand who we are, where we're at, um, because being truly honest with ourselves uh, will affect how we approach and experience the summer. So, kind of like, okay, well, what do we need to do that? Um, how do we be honest with ourselves? And I, I think it's not just how are you doing emotionally, but I think we need to think about the person of Jesus. What do I think of the person of Jesus, and what do I think um, he thinks about me? And I want to acknowledge that being honest with ourselves and honest with God can be really hard. For some people, it's really natural to self-reflect, and it comes really easily. But maybe you don't even think to ask yourself questions like this. Um, and if it's not a habit, it might feel kind of weird. Um, like, am I just supposed to sit with a journal and journal it out? Like, what do I do? Or possibly you don't ask questions like this because maybe you're afraid of what you might find. Um, and Project truly is a place to wrestle with real and honest thoughts about life and about God. I have a quote, and honestly, uh, Dayton didn't even know that I had this quote, but I've got the Tozer quote. Um, but I want to read it again, um, and I love that Dayton kind of unpacked this a little bit. Um, but it, it says, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And Dayton kind of said, okay, how does that affect the worldview with sexuality, with gender? But it just affects our worldview. What we think about God is the most important thing about us because it changes the way we interact with people and with the world. So, kind of a rhetorical question, what comes into your mind when you think about Jesus? Um, I grew up in a family that went to church, but I didn't have a relationship with Jesus until I was a sophomore. And so if you were to ask me this question when I was like 18 years old, I would have said, I picture God as an old man with a beard, sitting in a red, I don't know why, the, it was always a big red chair, far off into the distance. Um, and he had a scowl on his face and kind of a finger shake, shaking at me saying, do this and don't do this. Um, and I didn't really ever think about Jesus. And if I did, it was that picture of him hanging on the cross um, like I saw in Passion of the Christ. So my view of God, he was far off with a scowl on his face. Um, it didn't make him very approachable. So it was pretty difficult for me to be honest with myself and honest with God. Because I really feared I was going to get into trouble. Um, I went to St. Cloud State, and I lived a pretty reckless life my first year, years of college. Partying and not being serious about school and trying to exalt myself above other people. And kind of obsessively pursuing a relationship and just pursuing the things of the world. 
far off with the scowl on his face. Um, so in my eyes, God was clearly disappointed with me and disinterested in my life. But I felt like I needed to clean up my life before I could even approach him. And there's this book called Gentle and Lowly, written by Dane Ortland, And um, there's a quote, and I have a slide for that too. It says, we naturally think of Jesus touching us the way a little boy reaches out to touch his love for the first time. Face screwed, you can find pictures. Face screwed up, cautiously, cautiously extending an arm, giving a yelp of disgust upon contact and instantly withdrawing. We picture the risen Christ approaching us with a severe and sour disposition. And, and I think I don't like books. Maybe you like books. But I feel like we've all kind of been there and kind of understand this, where it's like caterpillars are cute. Maybe you let them crawl on your hand or, or like a butterfly. Uh, but a slug is not something exciting to reach out and pick up. And so when we see our sin or we make a mistake, I think we can kind of think this way before God, where Jesus looks at us like we're the slug and he doesn't want um, to reach out to us and pull his hand and withdraws. And with my experience, um, what I think about God is directly linked to what I think God thinks about me. So because I saw God as this old man far off, ready to judge me, I assumed God was disappointed and was unapproachable. This isn't who God is. And I want us just for a moment to take a look at Hebrews 4. I have it on the screen, but if you want to pull out your Bibles, you can. Um, But just a few verses, verses 12 to 16. It says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. So let us then, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Um, so it's kind of a big passage, and it might feel a little bit um, intense and kind of off-putting, um, where for most people, the idea of being naked and exposed isn't the same as like sitting by the pool drinking lemonade. Like it doesn't stir the same emotion. It's, it kind of freaks you out to be exposed before somebody else. And I think we have to keep reading to understand the comfort. There's actually comfort here in being exposed before God. Um, we aren't left alone before God to make a defense. We have Jesus, who is our great high priest. And what a priest did um, is he interceded between the people and God. So Jesus is our great high priest who intercedes, goes to God before us, and stands in the gap and defends us. And so because of that, we confidently approach God because Jesus died for our sins and rose from the dead. Jesus made us right before God. So actually, if you think about these verses, they're kind of comforting because God sees everything in our life, nothing's hidden, and he still chose to send his son to die for us. Um, and I, I like to think where it's, it's comforting because God's not going to look at me and go, okay, wow, I didn't know that you did that. You actually can't come in anymore. It's like he knows everything that's there and still chose to send a son to die in my place. Um, and so there's comfort knowing that he's not going to reject me. So God is not far off in a big red chair with a beard and a scowl. He sits on a throne of grace with a smile of compassion. I want you to picture that. A smile of compassion welcoming all to come near. He's merciful and gentle and able to sympathize with us. And he sympathizes with us because Jesus, yes, he's fully God, he's also fully man. So he walked this earth, he knew hunger. Um, I think about his best friends, they're fishermen. They're, I love how Dayton mentioned the, um, the, the woman who was an outcast. Like, those are the people that he interacted with. 
that gives us confidence to approach God to translate to opening up to other people. Um, but again, this can be really, really hard. And I care, I wish I did it, but I care a lot about what people think about me. And nobody likes to feel rejected or have a risk of rejection. Rejection is a scary thing. And I think I can wonder, like, oh, if I open up about this, um, are they going to think that I'm weird? Are they going to look at me differently? Are, are they still going to be my friend? Which I know is silly, but I really think a lot of us think those thoughts. Well, they run the other way. Um, now, I may not have come down to project as a student, but I did have a first project, everybody does. Um, and I started out on staff in St. Cloud, which is an hour away from the cities. Um, and I knew like five people my first summer coming down here because I was never involved with campus outreach as a student. And so I stayed in a room with single staff girls. Emma and Bree were in my room. Um, I would just show those um, But uh, yeah, so just like you guys, we had to figure out how to live with strangers and build friendship and relationship. And, um, and Bree and Emma and I honestly had such a blast living together and listening to music and um, just being kind of goofy. And one afternoon, Emma and I floated in the pool. And for some reason, nobody else was there. I don't know why nobody else was there. Uh, but I had this um, unicorn floaty. And I think Emma probably had just like a regular floaty. <laughs> That's kind of like the difference between us and a lot extra. And classic. It was what? It was an earth tone floaty and that was a little color. Um, we're just floating in the pool and we just talked about everything. We were like pretty by the end. Um, just sharing our testimonies and talking about the past year and what it's like being on projects. So Those are both of our first years being down here as staff and uh, how the summer was going, our struggles. And Emma was the first, one of the first staff that I shared about hard things with my family. Um, that was some really hard um, stuff going on. And I just felt really heard and seen as we talked in the pool. And, we both kind of opened up about things that we were fighting with and questions that we had. And I think it just felt safe and not rejected and grace, not condemnation. And time just kind of flew by as we sat on a unicorn and the earth tone floaty. Um, and I think opening up to each other sparked a really sweet friendship. We're actually the following year, we called each other probably like, I don't know, every week or every other week just to check in because we're an hour apart. Um, and even to hold each other accountable for goals and fight the sin. And, Three years later, this sounds so cheesy, but it's true. But it's like three years later, she's one of my, my best friends still. And I'll kind of start with floating in the pool on a unicorn and earth don't floaty. Um, but I just think vulnerability breeds vulnerability, where one of us had to be the first ones to open up. And I think that just opened up the doors for um, just more sharing to happen. And we truly became closer and trusted each other more um, with those things in our lives. Um, yeah, so, and I think, too, opening up helps you to feel not alone. Like, oh, I'm not the only one who's had this question. I'm not the only one who struggles with this, um, which makes it a lot easier um, moving forward. And another example, I even think in marriage. So I think most of you know this, but Derek and I got married about six months ago. Um, so yeah. Derek's big joke is, we're still married. We're the last the carpet. like, yeah, we are. Um, which, it's like, okay, marriage is this covenant relationship no return policy, totally committed, no matter what. But there was this time this spring where I was kind of talking to him and I'm like, oh, I just see this pride in my life and I'm kind of confessing sin. And I just felt like a ton of shame as I was, I was talking to him and I know I'm kind of traumatic. Um, but I like left the room and like went on the edge of the bed and was just crying. Um, and I seriously thought in my head, like, God, 
don't expect you to be perfect. I love you no matter what. But I am super glad this is coming out so we can get it out. Um, so that God can heal you and work through this. And I think that was such a picture of the gospel. Um, because we don't have to fear opening up. Um, because we're not going to be rejected because we have the grace of the gospel. But the Lord does want to do a work in our hearts. And that's where this stuff comes up. And it's good to be in community to find that out. To not feel like we're alone. So as we experience that mercy and grace for ourselves, we'll be able to extend it freely to other people, creating a space for people to confidently approach us without fear of rejection. So you might be like, okay, what does that look like to be honest with others on Project? You might be thinking, okay, we just got here and Brittany wants us to open up about our lives to total strangers. Yeah, actually, it's <laughs> like what I'm asking you. Um, but there's no expectation, there's just encouragement. Um, there's freedom to be honest, but also freedom that this is a process. You have to build a relationship. Don't force it. It, it's, it can take time. There's not an expectation to be vulnerable with every single person about everything. Um, but is there a person on this project that you, that you trust, or whether it's in your room or your room leader or team leader, someone from your campus? Um, I want you to stretch yourself to share, but also find safe people that you trust to share with and just know that Jesus brings Thank you for listening to this message from the 2021 Summer Training Project hosted by Campus Outreach Minneapolis, the College Ministry of Bethlehem Baptist Church. Please feel free to share this message with others, but please don't charge, edit, or alter the content in any way without the written permission of Campus Outreach Minneapolis.